Okay, good morning. Uh, welcome to the new Masechah, Masechah's Kiddushin. Let's start with that base today. It's the last uh, Masechah in Seder Noshim. And apparently it's the Masechah that we... It's halfway through uh, Shas, through the cycle. Oh, really? So another top, uh, that, does that mean for the rest, we can like do half a daf for the rest? Or? <laughs> but not. So it's a uh, yeah, very exciting uh, receptor. And as the name in just a little bit of introduction, as the name implies, it's got to do with kiddushin, which is we know the first stage of a Jewish marriage. I'll read a little bit more about that shortly. Um, but interesting, a large part of it is to do with kinyanim. We generally translate kinyan as acquisition. But you can already, I'm sure, sense the problematic uh, use of that language in regards to a marriage. But um, the first peric starts with a kinyan regarding Isha, like Kitushin, performing a marriage, and then it moves on to other kinyanim, you know, a slave, with different types of slaves, a Jew slave, a Evet Kenani, um, kinyanim of property. So it's actually quite a broad, uh, broad because we know for any transaction in Torah law to be formalized, um, to be formalized and then binding, you have to have, besides the decision to go through with it, the kinyan. So we can discuss as much as we want about this amazing business deal we're going to do on this item that I'm going to sell you, and we can agree on that. That's not binding until there's a kinyan has been performed. Um, as I mentioned, uh, marriage is also affected through a kinyan, but you can't really call it a kinyan of ownership. Not, you're not buying your wife. She's not becoming your property. That's your, that's your animals, and that's, uh, that's your animals, or your slaves, etc. Um, now, as I mentioned, this is the first stage of marriage, and for just about all halachas, we touched on it in Ksubas a bit, but for just about all halachas, a Rusin or Kiddush the first stage of marriage, makes them a married couple. Adultery is now punishable, punishable by death. Um, the, to separate, they would require a get. Are they properly married? The main difference, there are a few other halachas, but the main difference is uh, he would know um, they don't live together yet. They only live together after Nisuyin, what we call chuppah. Um, in our we mentioned a lot of this, but just it's the foundation for all we We do them together. We do a Rusin and Kiddushin are the same thing. It took me about three years in Yeshiva to remember that. Um, but a Rusin and Kiddushin are the same thing. So that a Rusin is when he puts the ring on his finger and says, Harat Mukutashis, behold, you are Mukutashis, Kiddushin to me. And Nisuyin, uh, yeah, and then the second stage is the Chupa that's. Theoretically symbolizing him bringing her into his house. That's what the chuppah represents. That's the second stage. We'll learn more about that. Um, and that's, yeah, and that's the, so, so that's the nature of Kiddushin, just regarding the Kinyan. Um, okay, so um, just, I think, who puts it the most beautifully is this, have this Sefer bar of Arya Kaplan called Made in Heaven. He goes through all the aspects from uh, of, of a marriage, you know, starting with uh, how it all stems from Shomayim. Dennis can testify to that. Um, love before slate, engagement, setting the date, really right through from the beginning to the end to making the marriage work. Very full. And he's written it in a way that it's very accessible and at the same time contains a lot of 
scholarship in it, so all people can uh, enjoy the safer. But he says here, um, one of the ways we're going to see is Kenyan Keset. You, as I said, using this word Kenyan and translating it as a choir is a little bit difficult, but you use that through Keset, so we use something equivalent of money, Aya Ring. And he says, um, the main part of the ceremony is the groom giving something of value to the bride. In theory, then, the marriage could be contracted with a potato or an article of clothing. The requirement that the article used in the ceremony belong to the groom is a clear point of law. In order to understand this, one must understand that, and this will actually give us a, a, a good overview of why certain Kinyanim, you'll see in one paragraph he's going to teach us so many alochas and so many things that are why we can only use certain Kinyanim, what the Kinyan Bakitushin represents, what, but that's just, I mean, a, a gift of Arya Kaplan had for taking complex things, putting them simple, that both the beginner and the advanced scholar can came from. But he says, so in order to understand this, one must understand what is accomplished when something of value is given. So there are two ways of purchasing something in, Jew, in Jewish law, by cash, kesef, or by barter, khalifin, exchanging items. When something is purchased by barter, what has transpired is simply an exchange of property. However, when a transaction is made for cash, the transaction can also affect a change of status. Therefore, when the groom gives the bride something of value, he is not buying her. Rather, he is changing her status from that of a single woman to that of a married one. Obviously, a woman is not chattel and cannot be purchased for money. The money is merely a, a legal consideration that makes the woman's new status binding. The Talmud states emphatically that a woman cannot be married through a barter transaction because, again, this would imply a change in ownership and would give a woman a status of chattel. So that's why, again, Kenyan Khalipin, I, I give you something in exchange for something else, would not work by Kiddushin, because again, that's too close to acquiring property. Um, however, for a cash transaction, one does not actually have to use cash. Any article of value can be used, whether a coin, a vegetable, an article of clothing, a ring, or anything else. However, it must be given for its monetary value and not as a barter. So that's, I think, how he puts it. It's not too, it's a change of status. And we'll see when we will, I'll do it when we get there, toss us over the page. Just another interesting uh, question to go into right at the beginning of the Masech. Thank you, Mervyn. Um, is Kiddushin to Orisa or, or, I, is it, well, let, let me rephrase it. Obviously, it's to Orisa. It's in the, the Torah requires Kiddushin. So that, I, I realize I wrote my heading wrong. I said, is it Kiddushin to Orais or Trabada? No, the question is, is it a mitzvah, positive commandment to Orais? You have to do Kiddushin to be married. But is it a positive mitzvah, set one of the 613 mitzvahs? Or is it just a preparation for the mitzvah of Pruruvu? We know that the mitzvah of Pruruvu is the mitzvah. So, I mean, it, it creates a fascinating discussion in the commentary, in the, like, the, they bring it as a machloikist, primarily the Rambam and Rosh, but the, the points that are brought up in the discussion make it a fascinating discussion, but very, very con concisely, the Rambam clearly learns it is a mitzvah, I say, it is a positive commandment to do Kiddushin, and uh, just to read the first one, this will also be part of our introduction of uh, what the, the nature of Kiddushin, but firstly, I don't know if you've ever learned Rambam, but he starts off the beginning of a new section listing the mitzvahs that are discussed. Because remember, that you have the mitzvah and then you have the halachas around the mitzvah. So this next section, what does he mention? He says, 
So he's mentioning Hilchos Ishus, the laws to do with marriage, is Yeishbichlan on Arba Mitzvahs, it includes four Mitzvahs, Shtay Mitzvahs Asay, the Shtay Mitzvahs Loisasay. Two positive commandments and two negative commandments. Vizehu Parton, and this is the list. And the first one on the list is Lisa Isha Biksuba Bikidushin, to marry a woman with a Ksuba and Kidushin. Isa to do Kidushin is a positive Mitzvah. Then uh, the other two, while we're here, just the other three, Asheloi Tivol Isha Beloi Beloi Kidushin, to not have beer without a Ksuba or Kidushin. Again, he's learning it in and Bia's Penuya is learning as a negative commandment, I with the single will. And Shelo Yimana Shah Susva to not to withhold the responsibilities of the husband to his wife, the food, clothing, and Ona. And the Parus Rabos Mimena to have children with him. So that's the Ramans we see clearly holds as a mitzvah And then just very interestingly to bring this out, but also as an intro, part of the introduction, the Rambam says in the first halach, he says, um, before Matan Torah, how would you do marriage? So if a, a guy met a girl in the market, but they met at a bar, Imrotza Huva Yilisa, if they Lisa, if they want to get married, Machnisa Latoch Baisa Ubala Bainola Bain Atmo he takes her home, they have beer for the sake of marriage, and they're together. So moving in together for the sake of marriage is basically how Kiddush, how marriage was performed before Matan Torah. It says, However, once the Torah was given, then if a man wants to marry a woman, he must do a Kiddush before with Aidim. Before Aiden. And then she'll become his wife. Shinemar is the process. When a man takes a woman as his wife and he comes to her. Torahim says very clearly, this Likuchin, what we call Kiddushin, is a mitzvah And through the following three ways, a woman is Miknais, a woman becomes his wife. I'm not going to do them right now. Um, but that is Minasa, that. That's the uh, background to Kiddushin. And the Sonic when he clearly says it's a mitzvah's assay. And part of that being a mitzvah's assay, so it's a positive commandment, it's a mitzvah to do Kiddushin, he says there's a bracha to do the mitzvah. And that is the bracha we say before uh, before the Kiddushin. Baruch HaTashem, the wrong one. Um, so that's the bracha, that's the mitz, the bracha is it's just like you say a bracha before you shake lulav, bracha before you put on your tefillin, bracha before you light Shabbos candles, you say this bracha. Comes along, and the Rambam again, the Rambam says in Perek, in Hilchos Ishus, Perek Gimel, let me just find it quickly, he says it's a mitzvah, it's a birchas mitzvah, it's a bracha on the mitzvah. Um, where was it? Yeah. Says any time you're marrying a woman, even if it's under a shaliyah, says sorech lavarek koydem hakidushin. Oh, who oishlicho? Whether it's him or oishlia, kederes shemavarchim al kol mitzvahs. Like you say a bracha on all other mitzvahs, vachakach mekadesh, and then afterwards they do kidushin. Um, so he says very clearly, it's a mitzvah to do Kiddushin or not. The Rosh comes along and says, no, it's not a mitzvah to do Kiddushin. It's a preparation for Pruravu. 
And therefore, if you have a way of doing pruravu without kiddushin, again, remember, you're not allowed to have, you're not allowed to be intimate with a woman without kiddushin. But if you, uh, that's the strict letter of the law. So if you have a way of doing it, having children without kiddushin, the Rosh would hold that's fine. And that's where the discussion of a pilegesh comes in. But I don't want to bring in that factor now. Um, pilegesh we generally translate as a concubine. Um, don't want to go into that discussion. But that's so theoretically, if you have a wealth. Doing pruravu without kiddushin, that would be fine. Because kiddushin is a hechsher, it's a preparation for the actual mitzvah of pruravu. It itself is not. It says, oh, so what's this bracha? And this is a bracha of praise to Hashem. He's elevated our status in holiness that a man and woman can live together with kiddushin. Um, as opposed to before, it's just almost a mutual agreement. It's now elevated that it has the status of kiddushin. Um, it's a special thing. And he says that's the mitzvah. The ritva, interestingly enough, wants to take and, and was your, so, so then, I mean, part of the interesting thing that comes up in this discussion is what's the nature of different brachas and the format? Because as you notice, this is not the standard mitzvah on a mitzvah. We're not saying Baruch Hashem, Kiddushin or It's Hashem, you commanded us alarayos on forbidden relation. It's not the standard format of a bracha. And that interesting, the Ritva comes along and he says, he agrees with the Rambam that Kiddushin is a mitzvah. He says, this is not a bracha. On, this is not a bracha that is to before a mitzvah, like the Rambam said, like you do a bracha before you put on your tefillin or like Shabbos candles or anything. He says, it's a bracha like Kiddush on Friday night. To highlight the Kiddusha, the special, the sanctity of the, the time. Here it's to highlight the sanctity of the marriage, there's to highlight the sanctity of Shabbos, but it's that sort of bracha. That's how the ritual is. And then, interesting enough, there's a whole, and one of his questions is this is not the format of a bracha on a mitzvah. Do you think about every bracha that you say on a mitzvah, the mitzvah. It's all just the bracha and the mitzvah without all this elaboration. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does mention it. We are allowed to, uh, allowed to um, be intimate with a woman. Um, so that's, um, and then he starts discussing why isn't there, a, so then why, if it's a mitzvah, like the ritual says it is, why isn't there a broch on the mitzvah? So then he goes into some of the criteria again of doing brochas. And this ritual is actually in Subas. And if you remember towards the beginning of Subas, it discusses the Sheva brochas, etc. Around there, that's where the ritual discusses this. There's a big discussion of different types of brochas there. Um, and uh, so he brings various Rishonim. He says, some, you only say a bracha on the final stage. This is the initial stage, the, the, the Erusin. The Nisuin is the final stage. So you're not going to say a bracha. Then you're going to wait until you've completed the process. Um, another answer he gives is, you never say a bracha on a mitzvah that is dependent on someone else because maybe they'll maybe they'll pull out and then you said your bracha for nothing so here it's dependent on the wife accepting the ring and similarly to tzedakah that's one of the reasons why don't you say a bracha on the mitzvah tzedakah why don't you say a bracha on the mitzvah tzedakah so now it's dependent on the only accepting it so as soon as a bracha is dependent on someone else you don't necessarily say a bracha on mitzvahs okay there are other answers but that is um but that's just a little bit of the over a few interesting points on brachas. Just interestingly, while while I've got the brach in front of me, we ask the question: What's the, how do we say? So I mean, when we're discussing it, we say al yedei chupa the kiddushin. 
What should the order have been? Kiddushin v'chupa. Why is that? So the Shittim Mokbetsis does discuss this in Subas, but I'll uh, leave that question hanging because the rabbi next time he says the bracha at the chupa, so you didn't you get it backwards. Um, okay, so let's go in this. So, so, so interesting, this Kiddushin, according to the Rambam, and the Ritva and those Rishonim, it is a mitzvah assay, it is a positive commandment from the Torah to do Kiddushin. According to the Rosh, those who follow him, it is a preparation for a mitzvah. And this triggers a whole discussion, how do you view the bracha of Erusin? According to the Rambam, it is a birchas mitzvah. According to the Rosh, well, you're not doing a mitzvah, you're doing a preparation for a mitzvah. So therefore you're not going to say it's not a birchas mitzvah, it's a birchas shevach. And he said the Ritva is almost... Uh, Mixture of the two, he agrees regarding, he agrees to the Rambam regarding this is a mitzvah, but it's not a birchas mitzvah, and then he goes into discussion why. Okay, so I mean that's. Why is the order in the, the bracha? No, shouldn't this come before getting? Yeah, so I've heard, I don't know if it's a, I've heard an answer, is, um, I don't know if it's a true answer, I must look into it a bit more. Um, I'm wondering if there are tosses over that. Sometimes he discusses the order at the beginning. He doesn't, and I'll try and remember to look it up. But one of the reasons given is you have, for, for those who are very, very stressed going into the bonding nature of Kiddushin, you tell them there is a way out. I mean, we did see at the end of, and that yeah, will ease them. Almost, <laughs> they say, again, this sounds a bit, uh, what's it, harsh, uh, a bit cynical to me, but they almost say you create, Hashem creates the cure before he creates the medicine, um, the, the cure before the sickness, but I, I don't like saying like that because of the connotations, but that's, that, that's one of the reasons I've heard, but I, 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 as you can hear, I'm not too thrilled with it, so I have to look into it. Okay, interesting. So they rather kept the positive, because that's why Soita gets in all of those that were for it, and they ended up with something positive. Uh, okay. I don't prefer, know if you like that, that opinion. Pre- prefer that than the cynical nature of my first answer. <laughs> um, but that's the uh, shot. Okay, let's go into the new Mishnah. So it says, A woman is koine through three ways. Through three ways. Um, as I said, nikneis we generally translate as a choir, but in the context of marriage it means changing her status. doesn't mean you acquire her as your property. Um, the koine, I'm not going to see who I see nodding in disapproval of my explanation in the recording. Acquire is this English translation. Yeah, no, so that is, but it's not an accurate translation. As I said, we generally use the discussion of Kenyan in regards to acquiring property, but here it means uh, here it means change of status, as we'll see Tosa. So there are three ways to Koine a woman, but Koine is Atmon Bishtaidrochim, and she acquires herself through two ways. Nikla is Bakesev Shtarubia, she's acquired through Kesev Shtarubia, just very quickly about them. Um, there's an amazing, I just heard last night from Rav Rosner, there's an amazing Balaturim, which um, it's on the Possek that says Hashem will bring the Jews back on the wings of eagles. He says, just as we find that the possibility to marry a woman is through Kesev Shtarubia, we find Hashem bound himself to the Jewish people through Kesef Shtar and Bia. Where do we see bound himself to the Jewish people through Shtar, uh, through Kesef? So that's all the treasures he gave us from Mitzrayim. 
So that's the, the plunder of Mitzrayim. Shtar, what Shtar? The Torah. As it says, the Torah Tzibalanu Moshe, Morasha Kilas Yaakov. Command us the Torah, Morasha. And they trans, the one of the Joshua's is Mu'urasa, a marriage, but through the Torah. So that's the Shtar. And the Pia, he brings an interesting posse in Yirmiyahu, it says, and I will come and covenant to you over the language of uh, beer. Don't think obviously it's not literal, but it's this uh, very, very strong bond between the Israel and Hashem. Um, so that's a thing. Um, very interestingly, on Kesef, when you look in the Rambam, he says, so, so the one of the ways he's performing it through Kesef, he says it's Medivre Soifrim. So a lot of people challenge her and say, what do you mean Kesef is Divrei Soifrim? We're going to learn it's a Zayra Shava, Storaisa. So they, so they explain, no, the Rambam, when he says Divrei Soifrim, it doesn't mean like we would generally translate it as it's a rabbinic way of doing it. He means, uh, it means it's uh, learned out from Chazal. It's not explicit in the Torah, it's a drosha, which Chazal have to tell us. So it's from Chazal, they're telling us this is a Doraisa way to perform Kiddushin. Which again, I don't know if you remember in Gittin, we did see Rashi bring, brought his Rabbeim who actually said that, no, Kesef is the Rabbonim. But that's, uh, that doesn't seem to be the accepted way of understanding the Rambam. And Rashi also argues on his uh, Rabbeim. Okay, Star, uh, so that's regarding Kesef. Um, interesting, we saw, we, I mean, one similarity you have to look out is the comparison between Kiddushin and Gittin. Remember, we saw it's Hekesh Yitzia, I don't remember the exact phrase, but it's Makish Yitzia Lavai, it connects the divorce to marriage. So some of the halachas overlap. Um, and we saw by Gittin, he has to say, This is your get. So if he's marrying a woman through a shtar, can he just give it a shtar, which on it says, Through this document, I am marrying Rosa? Does he have to say, This is your kiddushin? Or can he just give it to her? That's a machrokes. And one of the things of star over Kesef is this can be a worthless piece of paper. Kesef has to have something of value, as we'll see. It has to be something of value. We give a ring, but it can be anything of value, as we pointed out. But star doesn't have to have value, although they all, the Rif and others, do seem to imply that it should have something as value. But I think that might just be a backup. Like if it's the star doesn't trigger it for whatever reason, this will trigger it. And... Uh, You know, just to, yeah. Um, so let's carry on. So, yeah. Something I should have mentioned, we did in, uh, we did touch on it in the inter- introduction, but I meant to highlight it is, there has to be aid into this. Aid in, not only are they witnessing that it happened, because if I borrow money from you, and when you come to get a payback, we both admit, I owe you the money 100%, even if no one witnessed the transaction. But by Kiddushin, they have to be aided to the degree that if the husband and wife agree, he, she says, yes, last night he put the ring on my finger and he said, all right, I'll graciously with this ring. If there were no aidim, it's not effective. The aidim aren't just witnessing the event, they're actually creating the event. They give it as effective. So that's also important to realize with all these ways, there would have to be some level of aidus. Obviously, to the beer, there can't be literal aidus. They can't watch them in the act. But with beer, they would stand outside the door and know why the couple's going in. And therefore Chazal actually came along, we'll see it a bit later in the Masechta, Chazal came along and said, you should not do Kiddushin through beer, it's promiscuous. Firstly, you kind of want to bind her to you, if I remember correctly, part of it is you want to bind the woman to you before you do beer. That's more dignified. 
exactly to do it in a way that two people are standing there knowing why you're going into the room is not uh, not appropriate. Uh, that, that's what I think, but we'll check later on. And also, various coming together, couldn't it be like the marriage coming together at Mount Sinai, we were Shema Shalashem we became one with Hashem, we came together. Would that be an idea, or is that just uh, one of my things in my head? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's not a lot. No, I'm not. Um, I mean, we asked as there is an aspect of Hashem coming to the Jews, but what, what is that? Um, symbolically, how is it? Yeah, but why wouldn't... No, so we know, so that's so the star we see, is the Torah, the Keset, but why, why are you focusing on the beer? I'm just saying, because we've got No, we are saying, yeah, but I'm saying, we, so we bound together, but beer would have to be on a... You'd have to go into what's the... What's the underlying spiritual concept of beer? And that would be... But again, that's with Kesef and Shtar. That's the, my only issue with what you're saying is you're saying, Harsinai was beer. I'm saying, why is it more beer than Shtar? That, that's what I'm picking up on. Um, there wasn't I mean, that's what we're saying. Matan Torah at Harsinai was Hashem bound us together through Kesef, Shtar, and beer. Isn't it beer maybe that we have to keep ourselves separate from the rest of the world? Well, that's, that's Kiddushin. And you do Kiddushin through three ways. So that's okay. Let's carry on. So he says, regarding Kesef, Bashamah say the item has to be, you either have to give a dinar or something of, of the value of a dinar. Or he'll say a pruta or the value of a pruta. How much is a pruta? One ace of an Italian isar. Okay? How does she? Almost reacquire, change her status back through the get over Mrs. Hapal, through get and the husband dying. It says, Yavoma is bound through beer and she acquires herself through Chalitza. Interesting, as we pointed out when he did Yavamos, when you do beer, then she becomes his normal wife. So when they've done Yibum, she becomes his normal wife and she'll need a get to go f- to be released. Yeah, so that's an amazing, that's continuation of this theme that we always speak about the relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem as a, a marriage, uh, in love, a little bit of betrayal, a little bit of coming close together, betrayal, you know, like that, uh, like a marriage, like a couple in love. Um, there are many allusions to the Har Sinai as a chuppah and kiddush, like we've discussed. Um, but, I mean, it's important to note, so there's, there is a underline, there's a clear similarity, and you can almost say the highest expression of unity that we have in our physical world would be a marriage. And that's, and, uh, so that's the highest expression of uh, unity, and that we're using that as a metaphor, almost like what we can relate to as the way we express our love and relationship with Hashem, but it might be even deeper than spiritually their similarities. Okay. Yeah, I, no, no, I think that's, that's a very good point. Um, oh yeah, and then 
how does she go through through Khalitsa or if the Yobam, her brother-in-law, does? Okay, now we're going to go and analyze it. Just interesting to note, the Rishonim point out on the coming up Gomorrah, that might, that doesn't seem to be the standard format of the Gomorrah. It's discussing the linguistics of the Mishnah. We don't often discuss that. And it's, therefore, they want to say it's actually from the Saburayim. We know we have the Kanaim, the sages of the Mishnah, the Amorayim, the sages from the time of the Gomorrah. There was a period called what's often referred to as the Saburayim, and that's, uh, they were kind of almost the editors, the putting together of the Talmud. And here we have the Rishonim saying, this piece coming up is actually inserted by the Savarayim. That's just something, a fascinating thing to start thinking about. Okay, then it says, so Ha'ishin Ignais, you mentioned a woman's book, says, Ma'ishna ha'chata tani ha'ishin Ignais, or ma'ishna ha'chata tani ha'ishma ha'ishin Ignais, or ma'ishna ha'ishma ha'ishma so the first question we ask and we're focusing on is why over here does it say the woman is nicknase and later on it uses the language by a man of Mekadesh. Here it should also say Ha'isha Niskadeshes, a woman becomes Kadosh. Why, why does it change between Koine and Mekadesh? So the Quran says Mishum de Koboy Lemisni Kesef because it wants to teach Kesef. We'll explain what that's got to do with anything. But kesef minale, how do we know that kesef is a way to perform kiddushin? So gomar kicha kicha mistei efron, because we want to learn, we learn exera shava between marriage and stay efron. Siv hacha, by marriage it's written ki yikach ish isha, when a man wants to take a woman, kicha. Uksiv hasom, and it's written by stay efron, nosati kesef hasode. I have given his money for the field, take it for me. So we see that through um, when we see a kicha is representing this. Um, kicha is. Um, Kicha, yeah, so, so this Zereshova tells us that just as you buy a field of money, so too you can coin it, your wife through money. The Kicha Ikri Kinyan. And we always find that Kicha is called a Kinyan. The field that Avram acquired, or Inami alternatively, Sodos Bekesef. Yiknu fields are acquired through Kesef. So what are we saying? So therefore, Tani Ha'ishaniknais, a taught Ha'ishaniknais. I had once to just, it's, it's the most appropriate term to highlight Kesef. Once we say it can be formed, it can be performed through Kesef, we're going to use the language of Kinyan instead of the language of Kiddushin. It says, So then later on, when we have the Mishnah which says Ha'ish Makadesh, it should say Ha'ish Koine. Why there does it change? It says, No, At first it teaches the language that Chazal, that, that the Torah uses. I, the Torah uses the language of Kicha, I Kinyan, for marriage. And we find Chazal always use. What, what's the language that Rabbonin used for a marriage? Kiddushin. So here it uses, in our Mishnah, it uses Koine, the language that the Torah uses, and later on it uses the language of um, Kiddushin, the, the rabbinic language. It says, my Lishna de Rabbonin. What, where do the Rabbonin get this from, that they use the language of Kiddushin? Aish, Makadeish, etc. It says, the Asulah al Akuli alma kehedesh, because she forbids, he forbids her, 
or she becomes forbidden to everyone like Hegdesh. I, she, just as when you sanctify an animal, it is unique and can only be for Hashem, so too when a man performs Kiddushim, it is she is now uniquely bound to him. So this is something else that you have to look out for, is the connections between Kiddushin and Hegdesh. They will pop out, similarities will pop out throughout the Masechta, because in a way you're affecting the same, again, transaction or acquisition is the wrong term, but you're affecting the same, similar change of status. That's how to understand Kiddushin. And if you just look at Tosos here, it says, the Osala Kuli Amaka Hekdesh. says, So when he says, Varat Makudesh, Li behold Yom Kid Makudesh, to me, Kaloima, what's he saying? Liyois Li Makudesh, Loilam Bishvili, to be eternally Makudash for me, Kamo, similar to Harei Hain Makudosh in the Shamaim, Liyois Le Shamaim, just as you can say, um, um, just as you would say, this animal is Makudash to Shomayim. So you, that, that's what you're doing. You're changing her status. You're making her Kodosh um, uniquely set aside for her husband and also to the rest of the world. That's what Kiddushin is. I mean, interesting, I've also then asked just can you use the language of, uh, of Makudash in a sale? And you say, this talus in your shop is Makudash to me. And he, I mean, but let's let's go on. Says, but this, so now we're going back to the the linguistics. So we've explained where we get the language of kiddushin from. Says, Why don't we use the language of ha'ishkoyne? Says, because we want to teach in the sefer v'koyne as atzmo She acquires herself through herself, uh, regarding herself. Tananami reisha bedidah. So the reisha is also through her. And what's this question? Why do we say Ha'isha Niknes? The woman is acquired. Why don't we speak from the side of the man? That Ha'ish Koine, the man acquires. Granted, we've explained why using the word Kinyan instead of Kiddushin or Miskadeshes, but why from the woman's perspective? Why not say it from the man's perspective? So that's because of the second clause we want to speak from the woman's perspective. Oh, so Venusni Ha'ish Koine or Makne. So teach the man acquires and releases. Again, you can still teach it from the man's perspective. Just don't say koinez atmos emakne. Says no, mishum the ikam misas habal the love il komakni because his misa habal, which is not him releasing her, means shemaim uta makni lo. Shemaim are releasing her. When a husband dies, heaven are releasing the wife. Therefore, it can't say ha'ish makne. Of the i omar the i boys aima. Alternatively, you can say i tana koinez havi amina afilu bal korcha tani ish niknez the midata in shalomidata lo. If it would have taught Koine, the man across, I might have thought he can even do it against her will, without her consent. Therefore, it teaches Niknis to highlight that you cannot marry a woman without her consent. What's Midata um, with her, yeah, with Das? What would be, where, why would we think that it could be done without the consent? That you could force a marriage on a woman? So maybe because we see by Gittin and we've co- we contrast them. Mm-hmm. Gittin can be done against the will. The just says, here's your get and he can force it to accept it. So to buy Kiddushin, maybe you would have thought that. Just in, and how I understand this, how, what I think it means is that um, if it would have said how each coin that a man acquires, you, you're putting the sole focus on the man. 
And therefore, he acquires her and he can do it without her will. By saying Haisha nicknames, we're saying, granted, she's acquired by the man, but you're saying Haisha, you're giving weight to she, to what she wants. So that's how I understand what Haisha nicknames implies it has to be with her consent. Interesting enough, you can, um, this is a discussion that needs to be developed, I know the run discusses it amongst others, but then, I mean, the way Kiddushin is performed is from the, the man being the active participant and the woman passively receiving the ring. Why is it that and how do we consider the woman's involvement? Why isn't the other way around or what's the woman's uh, role if it's a, almost a mutual king and she has to agree? Then why is it only from the husband's perspective? Carrying on. Was the term Haisha nicknames Besholosh with three, but it's in the feminine form, it should be in the masculine form. The way of the Mishnah, it always speaks in the masculine form. It's not, again, not, uh, it's just how it uses, when it's using, when it's referring to either male or feminine, and masculine or feminine, it's going to use the masculine form. So why in our Mishnah is it not the masculine form? So it says, no, we shouldn't have called Mishnah, Derech, but Derech Loshana Kavahi, because it wants to use the word Derech, Haisha Nikneis Be, Shalosh Drochim, Derech. So it's going to use the feminine. It says, how do we know that it's feminine? And I will make known to them the way which they shall go in it, Bo, is the feminine. It would have been with a Vov if it was the masculine. So we see that Derech, the way that they should go in it, is feminine. It says, oh, the Eloho Detanya, but, or Detan, what about the following Mishnah? B'shiv'a drochim, You check if someone's a Zav for seven things. There it's in the masculine, and it's using derech. So we see derech can be used with the masculine. So your answer didn't work. So he says, um, you know, just to nishni um, sheva should it not teach sheva in the female form? But sheva but sheva, not shiva, but sheva drochim So he says, no, we should the derech because he wants to teach derech. And we do find that derech can be used in the male form. You'll see as it's written. In one way they will come against you and I will cause them to flee from before you in seven different ways. But we see derech here is used with echod and shiva, which are both masculine form. So it actually comes out that derech is ambiguous, whether it's masculine or feminine. So he says, But wait, now we have a contradiction between the Psukim and a contradiction between the Mishnahs. As we saw, the one Psukim uses the Ashe Yelchubo refers to Derech in the feminine, and this Psukim that we just brought refers to Derech in the masculine. And in the Al Mishnah, we use Shalosh, the feminine, with Derech, and in the Mishnah, by Azav, it uses Shiva, the masculine. So which one is it? So Gomorrah says, says Hadadi The Psukim are not a contradiction. No, because the bo, the way you will go in it, it's not it going back on the way, it's it going on the Torah. And Torah is feminine. How do I know? Torah Hashem Timima Nofesh. The way of Hashem is Timima. With the head end, it should be, if it was masculine, it should be Tamim. So it's Timima. It's, it's off. We see the Torah is feminine. The word Torah is in the feminine form, and therefore that's why Bo with base hay going on it is in the feminine form. 
Ksiv lo beloshen akeva. Therefore, in the pasuk it writes it pine akeva. Vahasam de bimelchamakah. And here we're discussing war. The darkoshel ishlaso is melacha by darkoshel ishlaso is melacha. And it's the way of men to go to war and not the way of women. So we most likely, when we're discussing war, we're most likely discussing men. Yeah, I imagine. It's ksiv lo beloshen zocha. Therefore, it uses it in the language in the masculine form. So that's the Pesukim are not a contradiction. Matnisin ahadadi loikashin. The Mishnahs are also not a contradiction. Here in our Mishnah it's regarding the woman. Remember the woman is acquired in three ways. So it's going to use the feminine. Beloshin akeva. Hosom by the Zab de lagabe ish koi grocha shel ish libdo. The ain darko shel ish libo jaykto ho. Ish nami boines mitma tani loshin zohar. Uh, let me go a bit slower. That mission is clearly only regarding men because men you check what's causing their Zav discharge. And if a man has a Zav discharge, he becomes Tommy, etc. But those laws, and one of the big discussions you have to check is it from an internal illness or is there an external trigger, external stimulus that's causing the Zav discharge? If it's external from one of these seven things, then you won't become. Um, then he won't be Tom as a Zav. Um, okay, it's slightly more complicated because he has to have three sightings and which ones need which, but that's amazing. A woman becomes a Zava, whatever the causes. Again, remember, it's based on her cycle. Up to 12 days of her cycle, she's a Nida. From then onwards, if she sees blood, she's a Zava. And regardless of what's triggering that blood, if it's from the from a womb, then she becomes a Zava. So, um, so, so therefore, you would investigate regarding the man why he's having the discharge, but you would not do it by a woman. So because she would become Tome even if it happened to her boines from some external out of her control issue. Therefore, by there it's taught in Lashon so therefore we said, my time at my Shalosh. So he's saying, what's the reason we're using the word Shalosh, the feminine? Mishum drochim. Because we want to use the word drochim. And derech, as we've said, is a bit ambiguous. It can be male or female, so we're going to use the female. It says, nisni devorim venisni shlosha. So just teach through, th- don't say through three ways, teach through three things. That also works. Three dvorim to acquire a woman, and then it could use the normal shloisha in masculine form. It says, No, because it wants to use the language of bia, and bia is also referred to as derech desiv, derech gever the way of a man with a woman. So too is the way that a woman commits adultery. But as we see, the way of a man referring to beer. And that's all very well about beer. Okay, so I understand why you want to use the word beer, because of beer. He says, What are you going to say about Kesef and Shtar? He says, No, Sorry, Mishum Bia. No, so it uses Drochim because of Bia, not because Kesef and Shtar, you're right. That's not specifically appropriate to use the word Derech, or specifically relevant to use the word Derech Ba um, Kesef and Shtar, but because of Bia, we use the word Drochim, Derech. It says, oh, the Tani Tarti Atuchada, so what, you're going to, shouldn't we follow the majority? 
If two are better, if for two of the ways it would be more appropriate to use the word dvorim, well then for the one way, the third way, we should use dvorim. Why do we use does beer trump the others? It says no, Hanach Nami because really the, they're all for the sake of beer. The ultimate reason that a man is doing kiddushin is for beer. That's what I mean. We said according to the Rosh, even that's the it's not even a mitzvah. It's a preparation for the beer. So that's a, so it, so it is appropriate to use the word derech in that context. So that's the one answer. That derech is the appropriate language to signify beer. And therefore, we use derech instead of drachim. The e boys aim alternatively. Again, another answer why we use the word derech, which is a little bit ambiguous, instead of the word dvorim. It says the author is Rabbi Shimon, who says Why does the Torah say when a man wants to take a woman, and not say when a woman is being taken by a man? Why does it speak from the man doing the action and not the woman being taken from the man? Again, this goes back to my question, what's the woman's involvement in the Kiddushin? Um, so, so, so why does it, so why does Because the natural way of the world is for a man to seek a woman than for the woman to seek a man. And where do we get this from? When someone loses something, who goes looking? Does the owner go looking for the object? Or does the object go looking for the owner? Uh, object, uh, the item? So, so to hear by marriage, it's the man lost whatever was taken to him. Something was taken from him. So the natural means would be for him to go looking for it. In fact, I mean, of, uh, in modern society, it might be changing, but the classic thing is always the man asks the woman out, the man goes and picks up the woman. It's all very much from the man being proactive because, again, there's this going back to the foundations of the world, the nature is the man seeking what he's missing. Okay, the whole. I think let's leave it here for today and we'll continue um, with the next question tomorrow. Yeah.